Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Everybody Dances. Today, I am joined in conversation with Heather, a board-certified art therapist and licensed creative arts therapist. Heather and I get into a very creative and vast conversation about her early upbringing as a musician. She was a drummer, which I did not know. Very excited to learn that about her and then became more of a self-taught visual artist. And she shares some insight about how it is working in her patient population, how she deciphers which art materials to use in her sessions, and she also goes a little bit into her early development as a therapist and as an artist, as well as how she finds the balance between work and having her own side business, which is amazing. And we get into some light, funnier conversation, like the difference between certain tri-state accents and some astrology, um, her music taste, and how she is coping with the absurd state of the world right now and how we are supporting one another in our art and our creations. And it's a very dense creative episode. So thank you for joining. Please enjoy and share. Thank you. Hi, Heather. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing? Thank you for joining. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And um, yeah, I've been listening. I've been I like binged your show. And I'm just so thrilled um, to be included. Yes. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad to have you. And showcase you for the amazing individual that you are (laughs) thank you yeah so why don't we just start um the little introduction warm-up um let us know who you are where do you hail from um how long you've been in your profession and when did you know you belonged in a creative or helping profession Mm, okay so my name is heather um i hail from the tri-state area i'd say (laughs) um (laughs) um, born in brooklyn you know then like staten island then Mm -hmm. jersey and then kind of bouncing around in between my whole entire life. I never really left the area. Um, I mean, 
for, for vacations and things like that. But in terms of like living elsewhere, I am all New York, New Jersey. <laughs> yes. Same. Same <laughs> with <the> New York. <laughs> and proud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay, then how did I get interested in the creative field? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always such an interesting question. Like, um, the answer could change like several times a day, like what I, how I might respond to that. <laughs> Cause there's just so much, I think that kind of goes into it. Um, I know. Yeah. It's so funny, but yeah, I mean, I'd have to say I, well, I guess like chronologically as a kid, I was lucky to have kind of like creative parents who were like not afraid of like a mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> my yeah. mom would not like plop us in front of the TV for five hours and be gone. You know, like she was very encouraging of, you know, my brother and I to like, do like little crafts or like get a little messy with paint and um I remember like popsicle sticks <laughs> like all the time popsicle sticks and glue um Aww, you know, yeah stuff like that I felt like it was a very kind of like supportive environment in that regard um you know just, they signed us up for maybe like as many little classes or things as they could afford um, I really feel like developmentally that kind of played a huge role um, in like the interest and the passion and all that stuff. Um, and then I guess fast forwarding um, through the school age years, I got more into like music. Um, I, I always did like visual art on my own kind of a thing. Didn't really take many classes. Um, Really? Yeah. Um, wow. The visual art for me was always just very innate, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm not, like, very well trained in it, per se. Um, I was more trained, I guess you could Your say. Your sense in... of, yeah. Yeah, like. I was um, going to say, your, your, your perspective is is. It feels trained, so that's really amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I took, like, five classes in college, honestly. That's it. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I was uh, more... Low-key flex. Low-key <laughs> But I think that comes through as well. Like, I mean, it, my style's a little quirky, a little offbeat, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I took more like music classes I took music lessons I played drums percussion stuff like that also like my family's kind of musical um yes I know then, that for sure. yeah you know that you're <laughs> at my wedding <laughs> yes. um yeah so when I discovered that art therapy was a thing because I was like very interested in psychology really and I knew I liked art and being creative but 
you know, I didn't think there was like really a way to combine it and make like a semi-decent living. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is probably a path a lot of us kind (laughs) of stumbled into where you're like, oh my God, um, art therapy or dance movement therapy or music therapy, drama therapy exists. Ah, ah. And you're like, oh my God, that's for me. That's my calling. Um, so, I mean, that was the start of it. And uh, now I've been doing this. I graduated in 2013. So I guess nine years. ish. Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> have, you, have you said that out loud recently? I don't think so. So that was humbling. <laughs> yeah. You're like like a seasoned art therapist almost. Like one more year, you'll be like a decade in. Yeah. Cool. The big one oh. Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, what elements of your practice as an art therapist or just in your daily life bring you back to your creativity because then we can talk more about your work but first what brings you back to you in terms of like working as an art therapist or just as Heather um you know how do you keep your creative juices flowing essentially yeah I think that's a really interesting question um, how do I keep my creative juices flowing as Heather? <laughs> so it's like infinite. I don't know. There's kind of like inspiration everywhere in, in uplifting ways and also inspiration via watching what's going on in the world or within like the hospital system (laughs) um inspiration Mm -hmm. you know like to do to do better everything's a mess everything's a mess very horrible mess yes place and I think that it gives me energy to like you know we learn a lot about like sublimation right in our field like when we're having like some kind of emotion and and how can you like express that, like turn it into something. So I think Mm -hmm. just, just observing everything going on around me is fuel, you know, to stay creative in terms of like making things, Mm -hmm. which um, I do probably like pretty much daily uh, after work. Yeah. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, what what your side hustle has brought you because I must say you're getting really good at reels <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so funny um yeah my my side business it um I could plug it right yeah <laughs> it's called femloft f-e-m-m-e-l-o-f-t um so I I yeah I make uh polymer clay jewelry and like little home decor pieces like you know magnets or um ornaments mostly the earrings though um I loved the Bernie magnet yes 
with the mitten, <laughs> with his mittens on. That's I had so to cute. jump on that. <laughs> I like, know. People so are good. still buying them. I'm so happy. Um, yeah, I have to get one. <laughs> so it's overdue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it'll. I, I don't know. I thought it would totally fizzle, but I'm happy that it's still a thing. <laughs> um, you thought it would fizzle out, the Bernie? Yeah, the Bernie memes. It it came on like an avalanche, like that inauguration time. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a funny little image of him with those huge mittens on. I know something about it. It's just. I love how you striking. just took that image and ran with it too. And turned yeah. it into art in it such was... a funny kitsch way. Yeah. <laughs> it was completely spontaneous. Like I just started to see some other makers doing it. And I was like, ooh, I could do this in my medium. <laughs> like found a way to do it. But um, I think that is actually kind of like the essence of what my side business brings me. Um, and it's really not about like, the business per se it's like it's just like a container for my own creations and it's um kind of like well if I can sell them too why not you know right Mm -hmm. like it's your passion first exactly exactly um it's a way to keep it like just me like not working with a patient or a client not working in the context of you know wanting to maintain my license it's it's free it's more free for me ah Mm -hmm. I love that (laughs) and who is there a person who is a great influence in your work would you say or philosophy in in my polymer clay work or my art therapy work or both why don't we say both okay Ooh, <laughs> let's see. I think my earlier, well, definitely the people I keep close, you know. Um, yeah. They kind of, wh- whether it's like friends or family or close coworkers or whatever, I think like people who I can really like laugh with just let me kind of always feel that inspiration to like keep doing better and keep going um in terms of like you know pop culture like other artists and influences I think like Bob Dylan was a very strong influence for me in like my teen years huh like developmentally you know like I wasn't I wasn't grown yet and that that was like really I I very much gravitated towards his lyrics mostly and even his voice I'll defend his voice (laughs) yeah he's a really he's very quirky I would say yeah I was like I I just I like that he wasn't always singing about like romantic stuff as a teen you know I I wasn't really into that I wasn't I wasn't really dating and stuff in high school so to find somebody who communicated more like philosophically kind of existentially I I very much felt comfortable in that realm Mm -hmm. did you also oh sorry no yeah go ahead I was going to ask did you also resonate with like the Jack Kerouac beatnik Allen Ginsberg yes 
I was like on the road, totally loved all that stuff. I found a certain kind of like sense of, you know, not my time, but I belong here kind of a thing that era. That's so funny. I feel that way too about (laughs) the 60s and that like very free spirited and like there was so many unconquered fields to explore just in the music world you know just the beginnings of that era um, right fashion and style and this like carefree like I don't care I'm gonna do what I want kind yeah of it was like <laughs> yeah it was like kind of all exploding <laughs> yeah um at that time yeah just like all of culture and the and the world and and then even like um you know like the the political songs you know he would sing I I wasn't really up on you know current events so much in high school but I still resonated with it and now like with you know a matured brain (laughs) um I appreciate it like in a different way so it's just it's interesting you you know to have those kind of go-to artists um, or influencers, not so much in the modern sense of influencer, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're a musician too. You're not just a a visual artist. So it's really inspiring to witness you pull from both and still have this one aesthetic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you're very consistent in in both of the modalities, I would say. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just as an observer, you know, and as your coworker and as your friend, like it's so cool to see um your style and it's so so true to you. Yeah, and um it's interesting you say that. I've been thinking a lot about that. Like what is my aesthetic? What is what is an aesthetic, you know? Um is that something that kind of changes with you? I think is- it could it could change. I I mean, not to get all like talking about me, but um my thesis did mention aesthetic a lot and like the principles of aestheticism and how dance and art and music were all related, whether it was the embodiment of each art form um, and then how it was encapsulated or what the process of the creativity of the creation was. So we can only, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this, but when you, when I think of aesthetic, I think of visual, like what it Mm -hmm. looks like. But it's all of the senses. So, like, right. you know, how it feels and what it smells like and what it, yeah, all that. Yeah. It's stuff that um, I, I definitely, in, in my thinking about it, it's definitely a feeling. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. For me, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I actually didn't take so many art classes, <laughs> but. Um, well, yeah, it's like, it's like, what is that? 
visual make me feel? Is that like somewhere I can kind of sink into? Or is that something I'm going to, you know, gracefully observe and walk away? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like that. Gracefully observe and with a sense of abandonment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of our work, um, I think, as far as prioritizing, you know, what a session looks like mm. um, in that time, you know, in our specific containers and our time frame. Um, I was also going to ask you what lights you up? I know you said laughing with loved ones. Um, is there like anything else that, you know, you would say like is inspiring to you just in general? Ooh, I think I love your question. Wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, things that light me up, I think just like, self-aware sarcasm humor like you know like meta jokes (laughs) memes gifts like (laughs) things that kind of make sense of this bizarre place we live in (laughs) um slash just like highlight the absurdity yes for some reason um it's a way to kind of bring it to light and acknowledge, like, you know, th- things are You can curse bizarre. on here, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I, I'm sure I will. <laughs> um, yeah, like, what do you mean by that? Like, this, um, like, I know we send each other memes a lot, and, you know, mm. but do you think it, like, can go to the next level as, like, as far as like healing like uh-huh. do you think it can be like a healing mechanism um sarcasm you know the internet like hmm. in proper doses <laughs> um, oh yeah in in my more like therapisty mind um in right exactly what you said like kind of in doses i mean i know i've always used humor as a defense personally but I think over the years I've come to a place of like really having a very much aware and mature like relationship with my humor. Um, mm-hmm. And that is so, admirable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was voted class clown of my high school class. No way. Yeah. And that was at a time where I kind of like, didn't really know who I was yet you know but it's some it's kind of like this thread that has like pulled me along in my life and it's it's a nice little thread but uh I think the relationship on that journey has like evolved so much you know um so in a way what were were your jokes like in high school I don't it was impressions a lot of impressions <laughs> different accents I'm very sensitive to accents um because of 
you know, being raised earlier on in the boroughs of New York City. And my parents are just very Brooklyn. Um, and then we like moved to Jersey and I would pick up on these like subtle differences. And I was like fascinated <laughs> at like age seven. I was like, why do these people sound different? Like, what is this? Um, what is the real difference? Uh, it depends I don't on know the region. I know it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mostly know Long Island and Brooklyn, but I don't know. They're so, it's so I mean, I and- do, but I guess I've never like heard the, the like, the breakdown of it. Yeah. Well, like areas of North Jersey, like really close to the city sounds very much like what we might think of as like a typical New York accent, which is kind of like this. And I'm speaking not like I am not a professional acting person at all. <laughs> but like my understanding, I'm not like a acting coach or a, a linguist. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like that. But um, you know, the kind of New York accent that you might sounds like some kind of combination of like Italian and Yiddish or something. Like <laughs> like, like that. Aye, aye. Or yeah. like yeah, yeah. Or like maybe a little like Spanishy twist like you know stuff like that um that's kind of like the areas of jersey that are really close to the city and then like in other areas that are not quite like going down as far as philly i feel like it kind of gets more like balanced like what you might hear like a news anchor you know for example how they might speak um then you go farther south or west in like the Philly area and that's like a whole nother a whole nother thing like very different um yeah <laughs> it's like it's it's interesting um and then like different different cultures with accents you know of different regions I just I find it so awesome yeah awesome I've, oh, yeah it's I'm, it's just so cool yeah <laughs> No, I love your accent. I think um, my exposure to accents was, I mean, I was very resistant to ever having an accent. So I was just like, I rejected it. Like the moment I like. Like your Long Island. But like if you, yeah, if you watch <laughs> videos of me in high school or middle middle school, you'll hear that it's there. But um these days, I, you know, also having a podcast helps you hear yourself. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like definitely, but even before um, having the podcast, I definitely utilize my voice notes a lot. I like recording myself, like just kind of free flow, like verbal journaling almost. Um, so I, I do like listen to my voice pretty often <laughs> that's really cool because I do like to change it sometimes ah yeah you have a, you have a lovely voice oh <laughs> so sweet and you do too and your singing voice even more so oh yeah what's your yeah. favorite song to sing oh boy let's see it's been so long since I've done like proper karaoke because of oh, COVID I know. We have to go to karaoke <laughs> down downtown somewhere. Yeah, so fun. 
I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about like going back out again. But, um, you know, I, I do enjoy singing like Gypsy, you know, by uh, Fleetwood Mac or Stevie oh, Nicks. Oh, I love Gypsy. Yes, that is one of my go-to karaoke's. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of Stevie Nicks stuff, um, mostly. If I think of any others, I'll mention them. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. And, like, yeah. it's probably so fun to sing her songs, like, on a regular basis. But <laughs> she's, like... There's this very like hum, like there's this like lowness that could be right. very expressive of emotion and symbolism or whatever you, whatever is in the song, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely gravitate towards um, that kind of a style in general. Yeah, With music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 1960s, 1970s. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what do you consider yourself a hippie? That's a, this is a random thought. I just had. <laughs> oh my god! I used to be like hell bent on that in like high school. <laughs> I really. <laughs> it was like I mean, not like the label, but just the whole vibe. Um. Yeah, I, I did feel like at home in that kind of like that kind of aesthetic, shall we say? um (laughs) yeah yeah uh like listening to like okay let's go like deep 60s like Janis Joplin or like yeah yeah yeah. oh I like singing Janis too I like singing Janis yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah I was like obsessed with like Woodstock I just I did like all the research I possibly could on like Woodstock and I asked like one of my uncles who I knew had gone to Woodstock I was like what was Woodstock like and I'll never forget he said I don't remember (laughs) (laughs) the funniest answer um so funny and accurate you're a living relic and I'll never know um Yeah, um, and that whole kind of time just, I guess we were far enough removed, like my generation, like millennials, where it felt kind of like an escapism too. Yeah, I agree. And I think that like, I mean, my parents were like kind of like younger, like out of like the parents that I, um, my friend's parents, but like I don't know I guess they still respected Led Zeppelin and Mm -hmm. you know like the older British bands like the Who that was really fun as well right and it's it's different and it's like it's weird it's like a nostalgia for something we never actually even lived through yeah and I and I remember friends being also just obsessed Mm mm-hmm like it was such a lifestyle, and they would sell the band T-shirts at like Hot Topic. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I had a re- we had a really cool baseball tee with the Who on it, and of course David Bowie. I mean, he goes yeah. without mentioning. But mm-hmm. Always, always worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but- Amen. 
uh, how do you, how do you bring your um, oh I need to be a little more specific um, when you are with a patient how do you as an art therapist help them express themselves let's say that they're like really depressed um, what is like your go-to technique you know yeah to start working with someone who's just like in a in a rock bottom state yeah like really kind of shut down yeah down there yeah um I think I gravitate toward silence is okay um to start Mm -hmm. I find even though I'm an art therapist I find that sometimes like starting with offering music is a little bit less threatening in a way because like listening to music, not making music. Um, For me in my particular setting of patients that I work with, um, that's an option. It's mostly individual work that I do currently. Mm-hmm. And I find that going up to somebody I do not know and prompting them by saying, would you like to make art? If they seem very extremely low, depressed, down, is kind of like weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it is. It is. Same thing. Same goes with uh, dancing. Yeah. Not, your, your medium's even more vulnerable, possibly. <laughs> it's like okay use use my body um which yeah. like we all know that there's there could be benefits if somebody's open to it but you know it is it is kind of a strange ask I think for somebody to be very vulnerable with that um I think I always, that yeah, yeah sorry go you 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 no, no okay. <laughs> you. well I want to hear what you have to say too but um I was extremely shy about sharing any of my creations for the longest time until like my early twenties. Like I was expressive, but at the same time, like very self-conscious and shy about like showing somebody a drawing that I made or singing in front of people. Um, Mm -hmm. When I started to sing in front of people, I needed like a thousand drinks first, you know? Um, so that was kind of like my journey to right. being able to express myself in front of people. So I, and I know that, you know, I don't want to project that onto every patient who's like on the quieter side. That's, that's a thing that we all know how to separate out. But um, I do keep that in mind that, you know, like maybe they're not in a place of wanting to share in that way right now. So starting in a less threatening type of intervention, I, feel like I have a decent amount of success with and then see where it goes you know maybe listen to a song or two and then say hey I also have some art supplies or or, or if they start to you know initiate more conversation then I start to get the feeling like okay we have something going here and maybe I could like see what else we can do um so that's kind of how it unfolds for me a lot of the time in a session. 
Are um, you more pro um, like pastels or crayons or markers or paint? Like what's, what's like in your opinion, best way to start? So I tend to start, we, in art therapy school, we kind of covered a lot of like methods and materials, you know, like what materials are appropriate for certain types of patients or certain types of interventions. So, you know, if I'm looking at somebody who's kind of like really, you know, very energetic, maybe like you know, I don't fully know if they would stay in the best of control with like paints. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to scale it back and, and maybe compromise on like oil pastels, right? Because those are, they have kind of like a fluidity to them where it could feel nice, you know, on the paper, but also not get out of control. Um, right. So it, it really depends on the patient um, and the situation. I find that collage is kind of a, a safe one, you know, mm-hmm. kind of rummaging um, through stuff. Also, like, you know, markers are pretty safe to start. But it's it's funny. You pick up on all these little kind of micro um, feelings of, like, you know, how the person is and and what might be appropriate for them and also allowing them to feel some kind of fulfillment. It's like, it's just crazy how many small assessments we have to make when we meet with a client or a patient. Yes, I agree. I, there's <laughs> like so many layers and it could change throughout the 45 minutes mm-hmm. or even that you're with them. Um, Yeah. yeah, that's that's really I'm I'm just right now I'm just thinking about how you said a patient that is more with has a looser sense of control. Yeah. Should be given something like a collage or like something that's more like like you need more focus and concentration to like pick through and then decide what you're going to use and it's like it's definitely more of like a stretched out process yeah exactly and and you know in school they make you feel sometimes kind of like oh there's like the best answer or there's like one best you know what I mean but like in reality I think you have to trust your own judgment and your own sense of your surroundings amazing yeah, I know. It's very, it's like invisible, kind of. Yes. It's, I think it's very intuitive. Right. I understand do. as like an educator, like maybe, you know, they have to kind of like ram in certain things, but <laughs> um, exactly. Label it is something. intuitive. It is intuitive and we have to kind of like, I don't want to say totally unlearn, but, you know, re learn in our own way too via experience. Right. And how would you say you decompress at the end of a session or even more so at the end of the day? 
after you've worked with a lot of different patients? Um, like if it was a really busy day, I like to wrap it up, like not right at the very end of the day where I'm like struggling to put in my note and then like do all my like signing out stuff. Like I like to have a little bit of time for myself at the end just to decompress kind of like before I leave. Yeah. Those are my favorite days when you have time at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Like I try not to. Yeah. 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 It feels weird. It's kind of like the same as when you're leaving the house in too much of a rush in the morning and you just don't feel quite right. <laughs> like, yeah. I think the transitions are very important. Um, and when I get home, I shower immediately. <laughs> That's yes. what I do. Yes. Yep. Same. Just like we heard those stories of like, oh, the doctors, like, would come home right away and shower right away. And, like, everyone, you know, you know, during COVID thing, like, hygiene and sanitation. But I feel like we've just been used to that for, like, a pretty long time. This was way pre-COVID. For me, this was, was like, any hospital environment um, that I've worked in, it just feels like... A metaphor, I guess. Um, Do you always wash your hair, too? You know, I have washed it after every single shift since COVID. Yep. <laughs> and wow. I know, like, I probably don't even need to anymore. <laughs> like, it's just like, ugh. Isn't that interesting? There's all these little... No, it is. But it sounds things. like it's just like a routine that you have now. But yeah. I guess I've become really good friends with dry shampoo. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know whoever's listening to this like don't judge me but I just I don't know I guess personally I know that it's not the greatest to wash your hair every day like for your hair right your hair, your hair health you know no true I didn't used to um and then I like freaked out you know this was the days where we thought like washing our hands would mm-hmm. neg- negate COVID so it's just, it's almost if almost seems like superstitious now or something I don't know very interesting i know it is interesting um it's also interesting how we like got on this topic somehow (laughs) but it's great it is great um so i really haven't been asking folks like about their astrology but i was just curious like (laughs) since i did your chart like have you (laughs) i don't remember what i am (laughs) <laughs> uh I just remember I think I remember your cancer son. We have that in common. Um and then you're like an Aquarius moon or like and you're like a Libra rising maybe. If you don't remember it's okay. So, I remember we <laughs> Yeah, I think the oh my god. There was like a thing where I was like, I like to find the the dark corners of bars and explore them. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Whatever that was. Oh, wait. Okay. You're actually, I do think you're a Libra moon, actually. And I think you're an Aquarius rising because that's something that an Aquarius rising would would do. Okay. They like to be like lurking in the shadows of like the karaoke bar. Ooh, fun. 
I know. It, it made. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So astrology for me is interesting. So I think it's like one of those things for me that I never quite like memorized or learned um, in the way that like a lot of girls my age would be doing. So I kind of like just and then I never like jumped on the boat so I really don't know much we joke about it all the time I'm like wait teach me this this thing like me and you I I, I (laughs) don't know like what's going on but I love the memes and I'm like I don't get what this means but it's so funny and you could still kind of like pick up like the characters traits like it's really interesting um but it's like a language I don't really speak um I know did you watch Euphoria season one and loved it Oh, okay. But not season two yet. So actually, uh, like, the root, like, the word on the street is that Cassie mm-hmm. was, a, was a cancer, which I, like, kind of, mm. I can understand, although, like, we don't know the rest of her planets, but the way that she was just, like, such a baby, like, I feel like um, mm. that's definitely, like, a part of my personality, like, if I'm triggered or something. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like definitely like <laughs> baby. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way. <laughs> I definitely get like you know whether it's extremely mushy or extremely anxious. Yeah, um, about right. very like certain topics. Um, yeah, mushy that's, is that's a good word. Mushy is a really good word, and yeah. like very caring about mm-hmm. everybody. Like, yes. extremely, like, I, like, latch onto things when there's something yeah. about it that um, phases me. I don't know. Yeah, Whether, so that would explain yeah. the little uh, <clears throat> cancer crab, the little, mm-hmm. little, um, <laughs> yeah. little claws that pinch and, like, hang on to your, like, they could hook on. Thing, like very effortlessly yes. <laughs> no effort no None. effort no Nothing. effort and then I know one thing Rebecca that I do know is I'm born very close to Leo which I feel like I identify with more yes. because I'm very much like a bullheaded person at times um so like I latch <laughs> I latch onto things, get mushy about them, and then get really passionate and preachy about them. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that explains me, right? Yeah. I yeah. Since you are a Cancer Leo cusp, I have some compa- more compassion for you because you're trying to balance this very extroverted Leo, like trendsetter. Do, like doesn't really play by the rules and then like cancer who um could sometimes care too much about what's going on and like takes it you know yeah. could be like super sensitive so yeah if you're balancing those two <laughs> that's like <laughs> I know it's they're very much connected it's interesting but they are connected I, th- I think yeah. that if you could spin it way then astrology can work for you and you know what they say we all have every sign in our charts it's just a matter of where Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you could change one thing in our country or world, what would it be? Oh. Uh. <sighs> um, just this unsolicited sense of power that that people have um just ugh, modern civilization is just there's so much potential there um but unfortunately it was you know founded upon these kind of horrific ways like imperialism colonialism capitalism and yes. I think this is, see, this is like one of those topics I, I have latched with my cancer claw. Yeah. <laughs> and really can't unsee it, you know. Um, it, there's almost like no words for how horrific um, it's made certain things in the world. I know. And. <sighs> You definitely have inspired me to read up more on the war going on right now, but also like it is heartbreaking and it, I, um, but it is really important to stay alert and stay up to date. Um, like I have a friend, um, who was living in Ukraine for a long time and now they're not, but literally is making, and I'll send them to you, but is literally making their Instagram stories like dear Putin Mm. messages. And um, a lot of it is like, why do you, why do you, why do you, why are you saying you want to, protect the Russians like true um Mm -hmm. like what do you what do you want for them um western western lifestyle um you know equality freedom of speech like we know that you wouldn't be able to admit to that and this is all just tyrannical Mm -hmm. dictatorship um, for his own gain. And so I don't know if that's what you meant, but like the current climate of Europe right now is, uh, I'm nervous for the backlash. And I think a lot yeah. of destruction <clears throat> has already been done. It's irrevocable. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I was referring to that. Certainly also like, you know, domestically within our own country. Um, It's just, it's just everywhere. And like, it's not, it's not that, um, you know, we can't, we can't change it in a, in a big way, but I think, you know, just talking about it and offering support where we can, whether that's like emotional, financial, you know, whatever. Um, And just kind of, being open to having these discussions is one way that we can be proactive. 
Yeah, um, definitely. And and this is like one of those things too, where like, you know, it fueling my little creative process is also not going to change the world, but you know, through through art and through expression, we can also be vocal about these things. Like, you know, our our art and our creations are an extension of ourself. Um, Amen. <laughs> and like, I use my my Etsy platform, you know, to kind of like, you know, I donate, you know, a certain percentage of each sale and, and things like that. Like it's, it's interesting how we can be creative in bringing some of these issues into, you know, the extensions of ourselves. Yeah. So, that is so beautiful. <laughs> but yes. That's... And how do you envision the field of art therapy growing in the future? What would be your dream mm. I, like function? Like where do you see art therapy really taking off? Like where do you think it would it would it would blossom? Ooh. Oh, there's so much potential for it. I've like I've been a little bit of a downer about it, honestly, since covid <laughs> yeah you're I, not alone not alone in that yeah i'm just like what is what's going on but anyway um i feel like there's so much potential for it in ways that maybe don't even exist yet um or are starting to come into play mm-hmm. like I'm trying to think I'm definitely fascinated for, I don't work with kids at this time, but I just feel like there's so much potential for like at risk youth, you know, um, getting involved with, you know, like drugs or crime and stuff like that. I feel like it could be such an effective tool to really like explore the emotions and, um, like stuff that's going on the pressures maybe that kids feel or or stuff like that um you know that stuff is all so deeply rooted and uh really difficult stuff to unpack I guess but when you know when words can't I think the creative therapies kind of can tap in yeah if that makes sense, I feel that was a little rambly, but. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I mean, it's um, really, this is just the platform to put it out there. Um, I do think that we need more of a focus on art as therapy in, mm-hmm. in school. Um, mm-hmm. That a lot of people that I grew up with, including myself, could have really benefited from having art as therapy as opposed to just learning art. Ugh, um, yes. Yeah. There, was, there wasn't really that. Like, unless, maybe unless you were kind of in the, like, in treatment for something. There wasn't that for kind of like kids just going to school, you know? I know. And then there's like that stereotype or that stigma of like the Rorschach test 
Yeah. <laughs> like, was that the only? Yeah. Like, that, what was that, that? Yeah, it's like psychological testing that's like eh, a little iffy there. <laughs> yeah. And just moving away, I think this conversation with you has inspired me to more and more away from those like old ways of 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 thinking that yes. you know like and shaming some... shaming a kid is like not really a way to get them to become who they are no totally and <laughs> and then one other thing I just want to mention quick is you sent me a video before of like uh I believe it was like a mental health professional kind of talking about um you know making everything so kind of like clinical or diagnosed and this like obsession, at least here in America with like having a word for everything. Yes. You know, and that really, really resonated with me because I really try to, even though I'm part of like a clinical team, I try to keep that out of my sessions. I try to keep that out of my own stuff my own creations in any form, like, you know, kind of like making everything clinical and cold, I think is really sometimes more damaging. Yeah. Let's, let's keep warming it. Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep warming exactly. it up. Let's keep I know. It up. That's what we need. Yeah. I agree. It we has don't, this we place, don't need to, but yeah. Yeah. We don't need to pathologize. Path- pathologize pathologize yeah that's the word every single symptom mm-hmm. of, of someone's experience yeah but yeah we definitely align on that <laughs> <laughs> oh With yeah our creativity it's it's yeah it feels better when it's just flowing you know yep the good the bad and the ugly yeah <laughs> let it be let it be <laughs> taking it back <laughs> heather thank you so much for joining me oh thank you so much i'm so happy awesome. we did this oh yes. me too and i will cool see combo. you very very soon yes <laughs> awesome okay, okay. <laughs> thanks again bye